Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I'll go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. I would like to welcome onto the podcast a very special guest from afl.com.au, Mitch Cleary. Welcome to the show. Pete, thanks for having me. What did you make of the 2020 AFL season? No, it was uh, spits and spurts. Obviously, had that big gap during the uh, end of the year, but I think the best team won um, at the end of it. Uh, Geelong put a gallant effort in, but um, once again, their third quarters against Richmond came back to bite them. So uh, they'll settle up again, and, and I'll probably think it's their last chance at over the next two years, just with the age of their list. But uh, the Tigers are in a great spot with their uh, their age build, and um, they're probably going to be the team to beat again. Certainly a great era for the Tigers. Okay, so what is your favourite part of the AFL? Is it the actual footy? Is it the trade period? Or is it the draft? It's funny. I get asked a lot about whether the trade period is. And I'd probably say, hands down, it would be. Uh, I grew up loving footy and obviously got into it just at the whole uh, love of the game and watching matches on weekends as a kid. But um, it it feels like now... um, well, partly in what we do is the games often come second round. I know a lot of fans won't like hearing that, and trust me, we do put a lot of time into the games and, and love that, but so much of it is built around player movement, and um, we find our biggest interactions with fans and um, people online and, and a lot of people that consume our content is uh, they the thirst for player movement is well and truly there. So sure. um, I, I love that. I love that side of things. Trust me, I love watching games. I, I'll watch... Um, seven or eight games a weekend um, every weekend um, and, and love um, what we do in that space but uh, in terms of trying to find out news and, and get to the bottom of lists and, and try and uh, manoeuvre your way around that it's actually quite fun and uh, probably one of the best parts of the job Imagine if the AFL scaled up to the NBA top trades <laughs> I just don't think I'm ready for that just yet well, I think <laughs> we're just getting our, we're getting our head around one year trading in advance for future picks yep. uh, I know a lot of clubs and a lot of people want to go to two years, which I think we will get to eventually. Yep. Um, but in terms of these, what do they have in the NBA? Ten-day contracts and, and these types of things. Yep. Uh, I think we're slowly getting there. Um, and I think the footy world is... I don't know about you, Peter. I, I find that people are a lot more educated uh, now than they were when I started following trades maybe six or seven years ago. Oh, I feel sure. people in list spots, and and I'm, we're speaking now on, on Friday afternoon, and I've just written a story about the... Uh, the extra train on players at a number of clubs um, across the competition and with this pre-season supplemental period where clubs can add players on their rookie list right up until March 9 yep. now, um, I think people are becoming more and more educated about it. And it's funnily enough, we, you know, we all talk about the superstars of the competition and put a lot of time talking about those guys, but I find people are just as enthralled, uh, especially the hardcore fans, in, in finding out who the next rookie at their club is or who that extra train-on player is going to be because mm. everyone wants to know, you know, even though they might not be playing AFL every week, who that um, 43rd or 44th player on the list might be. Yeah, and they're not irrelevant because we're seeing some great players come from the rookie list. Yeah, oh, for sure. I know every year we often see the, the best 22 of rookies come out and, um, oh, for sure. I, I, I know it's pretty simple, but look at Sydney. I think there's we often see games, I think, you know, last year there might have been a game where they had nine, ten or eleven rookies from yeah. their graduated from their rookie list playing AFL footy and they're one of the greatest uh, you know, clubs that do it and um, I think others are just catching on. Yep. Okay, on to some football. Just a reminder to the listeners, we are recording this podcast on January twenty nine and we're at about three thirty in the afternoon. Okay. Referring to your recent article on AFL.com.au, 
Joel Selwood said he would be surprised if anyone played the full season at all. How real do you think that is? Well, when I, when he first said it, I, I sort of thought uh, he's just saying that off the cuff. But the more I thought about it and spoke to a few people yesterday about that story is we're going from 17 to 22 games. Mm-hmm. The preseason's been shortened yep. and the rotations are coming down. Yep. And people speaking to people, people at the Cats uh, especially, they've put a lot of time into how the rotations from 90 down to 75 this year, they'll handle that, how they'll uh, manoeuvre on the field. Uh, a lot of clubs go into games with tactics around when players are going to take breaks. That's going to have to all be revamped this year. So... Uh, no doubt we'll see a lot of Cats players play 22 games and across all the clubs, but I think clubs are going to be a little bit more wary of this now and, and the need to rest more. Um, I, we're not going to see four-day breaks this year in the AFL, just given the length of games. We're going to go back to six- and seven-day breaks. Uh, I think every club has a minimum, sorry, a maximum of one five-day break they can utilise. Yep. Um, but... I think for a club like Geelong, they'd be silly not to do it. They need to get games into these young kids so they don't fall off the cliff after this current group. And with the demographic of their list, I, I counted 14 players over the age of 29 come round one, and that's going to only grow throughout the season. So they're one of the clubs I think will uh, use it most. In the NBA, they call it load management. I think that's just yep. something we're going to have to get used to. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, apologies to the fantasy listeners out there and everyone right. who plays fantasy and likes to load up. Ross Lyon... Uh, started this in, in round 23 point, when yeah. he <laughs> when he started this. We might see it now during the, during the season, so uh, be wary of that. But um, I don't think everyone's going to cop a rest. We might just see a, a slight increase in the percentage of players that do. Patrick Dangerfield hasn't joined in full training as yet this preseason. Mm-hmm. What is his current status on fitness, and what is his likely status for round one? Yeah, it's a great question. There's not many players that can play with the pain that he does, and he's shown that in the past, and they're putting extra time to get his groin right. It's something he carried in the last couple of months of 2020. I'm not writing him off for round one just yet. In saying that, in terms of a fantasy perspective, I'd be pretty wary because I think he'll play a lot of time forward. I know he can score well forward. He kicks goals and hits the scoreboard, but um, I think his midfield time might be managed uh, to start the season, just given his interrupted preseason. Um, he's been flying at Adelaide twice a week. So he flies over, does a session uh, with Steve Saunders, the ex-Adelaide medical bloke, yep. um, and then we'll stay over that night, do another session the following day, fly back to Geelong, go back later in the week, do the same thing, so two sessions back-to-back. So it is a lot of work that's going to his groin. I'm hearing that he's responding well to that treatment and, and going well, but the fact he hasn't joined full training uh, come the end of January is a concern for me. Yep. We're only seven weeks away from uh, no round one starting, which is which is crazy. Um, let's see if he plays one of these Amy community or he plays the Amy community series game. Yep. If he doesn't, I'll be wary about putting him in your fantasy side. At Melbourne, there are a couple of significant changes from a fantasy perspective that you brought to attention on AFL.com.au. James Harms back in the middle and Jaden Hunt back to a halfback role. Yeah, I love to hunt back to half back. I yeah. think it's his most natural position. Uh, in terms of a fantasy perspective, well, he's not going to score, you, you know, in that in that hybrid sort of half forward role that he's playing. I think it served the demons okay in the last year or two when he played that. But in terms of fantasy purely, I think he uh, might be one to watch in that half back role. Sailor yeah. might be released further up the wing. Okay. Um, we must remember that you look at the demon side right now. Um, 
they went and looked at Isaac Smith. They didn't get him. They mm-hmm. sort of passed on the option to, to go and chase a Tom Phillips. So there is a wing opening there because you've got uh, Ed Langdon locked and loaded on one side. But Ed, uh, Tom, uh, sorry, Adam Tomlinson is going purely back this year. I expect him to okay. be the third tall alongside Stephen May and uh, Jake Lever. So there is an opening on the wing. They spoke about Oscar Baker, um, you know, this Fraser Rossman who's coming through. Yeah, he does, and he's running really well, and he's got a good presence about him. Might be a little bit green for AFL footy yet, but one to look at. Um, But there is a wing opening. So whether that's Hunt or or a Salem, there is is options there. And as for Harms, I I was a bit surprised. His last two years have have just fallen away. He was awesome in 2018, got that long-term contract extension. Uh, with a bit of concern around Angus Brayshaw started the year off that foot injury, he might be one to consider, James Harms. And um, I think he's a bit better than playing in a back pocket uh, than what he, that role he played a bit of last year. For sure. So potentially could it be Harms into the middle and Brayshaw out onto a wing? Yeah, potentially. I, I, I still prefer personally Brayshaw as a pure inside mid. I think his kicking leaves a little bit to be desired. I think he played his best footy as an inside mid. Yep. Um, but... He, he might need to, to go there, given um, Petrarca's now purely a mid, pretty much. Yep. Um, Clary Oliver's coming back from a bit of a shoulder. Um, I'm not trying to scare people just yet, but he, he's been sort of in and out of match sim so far. No real doubts on him, but he's just been sort of nursed back a little bit. So a bit of a watch this space on him, but I, I don't expect him to miss round one. Max Gorn had the knee injury last season. How is his pre-season tracking? Yeah, I went to Casey last week, watched a three-and-a-half-hour session, and Max Gorn was on the ground for every single minute of that session. So if he's getting through three-and-a-half-hour sessions uh, in the middle of January, uh, I think he'll be good to go. He's a he's a pro, just been announced today as the captain for a second consecutive year. So I think he's cherry ripe, ready to go. And his fitness and his tank is, um, especially, you know, uh, Pete, a couple of years ago we saw him really trimmed down. I think his yeah. fitness has become one of the the big assets of his game. And um, with the game going back to those longer periods now, we, we're going back to, to full 20-minute quarters. Uh, Max Gorn will be uh, one to, to slot in those fantasy sides, I reckon. At Hawthorne, the most significant player for fantasy is Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Has, has he joined in contact training yet after off-season shoulder surgery? No, he hasn't. And it was a pretty significant shoulder surgery. So keep tabs on him. Um I watched a couple of Hawthorne sessions so far and he he's sort of training, running off to the side and let's be honest, Tom Mitchell isn't the best looking runner when mm. you see him and, and that's the, the case when he plays AFL footy and, and probably won his Brownlow. So that's not really cause for concern yet, but the fact he hasn't joined in uh, heavy clearance work yet and um, contact training is. So if he's not back in full training in the next two or three weeks, I'll be putting a line through him to start the season um, because he's probably got a bit too much work to do, but it's probably it's a big two or three weeks for him, and um, let's see how he goes. The player many want to see at the Hawks at round one is Finn McGuinness. Is he ready for any type of midfield usage this season, either out on a wing or inside midfield? I think he is. Um, Tom Scully, there's obviously he's taking some time away from the club, so he yep. if he does return, he's going to have an interrupted start to the season. So there's a wing opening there uh, potentially. Uh, Tom Phillips comes in, of course, so Isaac Smith's role will be taken care of, but Connor Downey's in that same conversation. I, I think Finn McGuinness is an inside mid, just yep. watching him, his highlights as a junior and everyone you speak to reckons he's an inside mid, but how do you go with McGuinness, O'Meara, Shields, Warple yeah. in that same midfield? It's a bit of a concern with... Stack. He doesn't have... Yeah, and, and the, the leg speed 
he's not slow, Finn McGuinness, but he's not lightning quick, and he, he's not going to um, burst away from stoppages. So yeah. maybe he starts as a bit of that half half forward potentially, um, but we still haven't. He played one game in the last year, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, or just two. The one. So yeah, so um, he's one to watch in terms of fantasy, but. Um, in terms of those big, big numbers yet, oh, he's, he's as fit as he can be. Like, he's bulging out of that singlet, and yeah. he looks good. But um, in terms of roles at that club, um, maybe if, if uh, Tommy Mitchell sits out, maybe Finn McGuinness yeah. might uh, have a little bang to start the year. Just back on his under-18 um, career, I remember just watching his highlights and that. He just worked so well through traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um what did he go? I think he went like mid to late twenties in the end of his draft, yeah, and yeah, quite a few were surprised that no one bidded on him earlier. Yep. Um, that might have been due to the the leg speed, but just for a second year player, um, there's a bit of a presence about him. In saying that, I did see a photo of Cooper Stevens at Geelong. I know we spoke about the Cats briefly, but yep. Cooper Stevens is one to watch at the Cats. He's uh, he's a specimen, and the Cats are pretty keen to get uh, time into him as well. For sure, Will Phillips looks a standout as an early selection in the draft. What are his likely chances at a, of a round one debut? Yeah, I think very strong. And the Roos obviously went and used that pick two, which became pick three on him. Um, and they have high hopes for him. I think he's ready-made and, and good to go. Interestingly enough, you see guys like Luke McDonald, who may have pushed into the midfield. He's saying he's going to start back. Okay. Jack Siebel's going to start back. Um, I expect Stevenson to play that forward role. So there is midfield spots available, and I think... The Roos are going to throw um, spots to these sort of guys. Yep. Um, so, you know, when, you, when you're hearing these senior experienced guys say that they're more or less going to be playing either end of the ground, um, forward or back, and not midfield, then that bodes well for a player like Will Phillips getting an early debut. Tom Powell, not Matt Rail, was another <laughs> early selection at the Kangaroos. He's a prolific ball winner. When do you think we will see him debut? Yeah, he's a, he's a little bit more uh, under the radar, I guess, than Will Phillips. Obviously not that early draft pick, but uh, the Roos loved him. They had their sights set on him for a while in the draft. Um, I think we see him early, don't we? I just think mm. with that midfield mix at, at the Roos, um, just uh, you can't blame them because you know Phillips is going to be a star and, and Tom yep. Powell could be, could be an absolute gun. But you look at their midfield mix, they've got Dom Tyson, who... He's training, but didn't play much last year through injury. Aiden Bonner. They've got a lot of these similar types. Yep. Ben Cunnington's back fully training and looks fit. So, yep. you know, Phillips will play. I wouldn't be locked on Powell just yet, but, you know, we've still got seven weeks to go. He could jump up out of the box. Uh, I'm not saying he's not, not putting a line through him by any stretch. It's just they've got a lot of these midfield types and a new coach. Um, you just got to be wary on, you know, he might have taken a fancy to someone that we didn't expect that, you yeah. know, Ray Shaw didn't like last year and types of things. So let's see how they go um, through the preseason and let's see whether uh, Tommy Powell can, can win a spot. Jack Siebel looks likely to make the move to halfback. More importantly, after a severely interrupted preseason last year, how is his preseason tracking fitness-wise? Yeah, he's as, he's as ripped as I've seen him in the last two or yeah. three years, to be honest. Yeah, he's, he's looking good. He, he's running on top of the ground. And um, usually you're going to, to North Melbourne training over summer and he's off to the side and he's yeah. doing a bit of ball drills and, and those sort of things. But I've seen him out there in the thick of it this preseason. Um, really keen to see how he goes across halfback. It's, it's an interesting one, but it worked for, for Luke Hodge and David Noble at the line. So maybe uh, it's something he's identified with Jack Siebel that can bring a bit of leadership to that back half. 
The Bulldogs midfield is completely stacked with high-end talent. Which players do you think will be on the outer at centre bounces this season? Yeah, it's a great question. I love the uh, percentages you sent me earlier. So Bont, 77 last year. Um, Libba had a really underrated year. I think he finished third late, in their BNF. Late, late start, though. Yeah. He, he came in just as Dunkley was going out with the ankle. Yeah. And they, they loved his season. And everyone at the Dogs couldn't have spoken highly enough of yeah. Libba last year. He I had th- a contract I, as well. Yeah, I thought he was pretty much done. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes in and he had a fantastic season. Yeah, so... Well... Okay, look at these numbers. So Bont, oh, I think he's going to have to play a bit more forward, a bit more of that five, not not as hardcore five as last year, but he's just going to have to. Um, they're not going to. I don't think they'll jeopardise Smith's development because he's on that trajectory where he could he's be anything. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Libba, well, when Libba plays, he's inside mid and he's a That's little bit it. forward, but yeah, he's he's not offering you much else. So just looking at it, I haven't I haven't seen any dogs match him to be honest. So yeah. this is just purely looking at their their attributes, but. McRae on a wing is just the, yeah. the only concern, and, and I, I, I think he's a gun wingman, but geez, he's a gun centre bounce player as well. So I'd be just wary of um, Jack McRae on a wing. Um, <laughs> I, the Dunkley one's going to be fun to watch this year, just in yep. so many different ways. Obviously, the, he, he told the dogs where, what he thought of them last year. <laughs> they used him as a forward after that injury, after he had so many high midfield minutes to start the year. Yep. Um, do they keep him as a forward? Do they use him as a mid? His kicking is a little suspect, but he just finds the footy wherever he goes. So I'm really keen to see what happens there. And then Trelaw's Trelaw. So maybe he's a wingman or maybe yeah. he's... So it's, it's going to be fun to watch the dogs this year. Uh, that's for sure. Just completely stacked. Yeah. Okay, on to Collingwood. Do you think Braden C is locked down number three inside mid- midfielder at the Magpies this season? Yeah, I, I think so. So I'll, um, I... Really liked his 2018 finals, yep. um, and obviously the Pies did too. He was a big part of that that series. Um, Rupert Wills got delisted, which is a little surprising last it year. Was, he played yeah. eight games um, as that inside mid, so you think Sire would take his games. Um, they're liking Finn McRae. Um, Tyler Brown's being developed a bit more of that outside role last year, so... Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting midfield mix this year. There is going to be midfield uh, minutes. Don't forget, side bottom comes back in as well, and, and will yep. take up a, a big portion of that. But if uh, Braden Sire is in the in the right state to play AFL footy, they have to give him a go because they gave him a two year deal a couple of years ago, and he needs to um, prove that he's that he's uh, that he's in it. And uh, he's definitely got AFL qualities. Just a matter of whether he's uh, going to live up to those standards. How close do you think Finn McRae is to a round one debut? Well, I know other clubs had him pretty high on their board so I again I, I to be honest I haven't seen Collingwood train uh this this summer I do have plans to to get down there I I was going to go down this morning Pete Rain. but it was a bit, yeah. bit wet so I thought I thought they might have an indoor session they were out there so yeah. uh that's a tick to the pies but um I do have plans to get down there um he, he's he's slight isn't he like he, he's yep. he's not he's not AFL size ready but gee Jack was similar when he was coming through and that he, he showed no dramas so yeah I Finn McRae is an exciting prospect, and I think one Pies fans will definitely see this year. It just depends on whether it's early or uh, later in the year. Over to the Tigers, will Toby Nankervis be running as solo Rark at Richmond for most of the season? It's a good, good question. I'm, I'm hearing good things about Marby or Cholds pre-season. He continues yeah. to get bigger and stronger, and, and um, he's done a bit more of that uh, aerobic stuff, which he's uh, struggled with in the past. And um, So whether they go with him as like a forward pinch hit... Um, it's going to be interesting because 
obviously Nankervis and Soldo worked so well together, but that really reduced Nankervis's minutes. Uh, I think they were they were almost playing off the one and on one on one off the bench for a while there. They were almost doing you know sixty fifty five percent percentage time on ground. Yep. Um, so uh, I I think they'll be better served with just the with the single ruck. Callum Coleman Jones is another option who's going to be out for the first five or six weeks. He's still serving that suspension. Yep. So expect to see Nank do it, but it doesn't matter whether they go with Chol or. Geez, they tried it in the finals and it worked all right with Asprey and then Broad doing a little bit of it. So, um, yeah, I know it's a long-winded answer, but, uh, yes, I think Nank will be the, um, back up to those 80 90% um, time on ground matches uh, to start the year. And, but the other thing is they, they need to protect Nankervis with Soldo mm. missing for most of the year because they don't want to be having Nankervis having any injury issues towards the latter end of the season. Yeah, and I'm with I'm with you. I'm I'm a little surprised. Um, they've got two list spots available. We spoke about the SSP earlier, yep. um, and they've, the rest of the guys have brought in. They actually have got a guy, Samson. I think it's Ryan Samson. They've brought in through yep. the draft. Draft, yeah. Um, he looks alright. So uh, heard good things about him. So let's see. Um, yeah, it's a good point about protecting Nank. They, geez, in terms of uh, players they can ill afford to lose. Yeah, he's the one. Uh, yeah, he's going to be pretty important to start their season. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for answering a few questions, Mitch. A big preseason is ahead for you, no doubt, on afl.com.au. If you can let the listeners know where to find you on social media. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pete, and appreciate you having me. You can find me at uh, Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter. Uh, we'll have our AFL Exchange podcast running back. It's not as hardcore footy as what we've just spoken for the last 20 minutes, but uh, it offers something different, and you can... Uh, yeah, find me on afl.com.au as well. So we're trying to get down down to as many training sessions as we can. And uh, this is the fun stuff, the uh, the preseason bolters and flyers and uh, checking out who's on and, on and off the track. So it's a good time of the year. Thanks for having me, Pete. It won't be long and we'll be back into the trade discussion again. <laughs> yeah. Mitch, well, Mitch. we released our free agency list last week and there's 140 names. So let's see, maybe come September or October, how many of those are left. But uh, I expect a big year of free agency as well. Mitch, very much appreciated. Thanks for having me.